Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to this week's edition of Panel Riot. I'm so glad you're here. Stan is so glad you're here. And our special guest, Jack Bunja, is also so glad you're here. That's right. It's the return of the Bunja. But before we can get into that, intern Stan, if you could please give us a theme song. Dan, that was great. That was fantastic. I really appreciate that. You are getting better and better at uh, picking theme songs and getting more and more sneaky about sneaking pot in my bathroom. You've got to stop <laughs> doing that. Joining us this week is uh, the man himself. If you are a fan of Panel Riot, you know him, you know his voice, uh, and you know him as Jack Buncha. Say hello, Jack. Hello, everyone. Jack has returned. He's returned. He is our... Um, I don't want to say resident because you don't live in Pittsburgh. Um, I was going to say resident DC fan, but I guess resident for uh, for Panel Riot. You're the the voice of the DC yeah. so far. That's right, and I, I am coming to you from my secure, safe, undisclosed location in Baltimore. Yes. 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 Yeah. Is all is all well in your location? All is well in my location. Um, you know, we. I think what people forget is how large Baltimore is. Right. So, you know, you see all the stuff that's in... And I don't know when this is airing, so, you know, riots tomorrow, and tomorrow. are going on. All right, well, riots are going this, on. This will go out April 30th. <laughs> Very nice. So, yeah. so uh, yeah, with the riots going on and everything, you know, people... I've gotten more phone calls asking me if I'm okay mm. um, than I really, you know... It, 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 I don't... I appreciate it, but at the same time, people need to understand, and maybe it's because I worked in news for seven years, but... You know, television makes it look worse than what it is. If anybody's watched a uh, Jerry Berkheimer film, you realize that, you know, if you give me 10 square blocks and 14 cameras, I can make it look like a city's going to hell, too. So, right. you know, it's it's pretty easy. But it, don't get me wrong, it's a little bad, a little scary, but everything's calm now. Uh, we live by a park, and uh, uh, everything looks like status quo right now out in the park. People are playing and doing their exercise, playing soccer in the fields and tennis, and kids are out. So, you know, you wouldn't know anything's wrong, and then you go 20 minutes across town, and it's, you know, Fallujah. So, right, right. you know, hopefully it calms down. Yes. But we are not here to talk about riots. We're here to talk about comic books. <laughs> well, it is panel riot, right? It is. It is oh, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. I can't believe I just passed that up. <laughs> Low-hanging fruit, Will. Jeez. Oh, um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, getting into comics, getting into to recent comics. You are our uh, our kind of DC correspondent. Uh, so tell me, <laughs> tell me what you are, uh, what you're reading, what you're enjoying, and what you're not liking. 
Well, you know, if you know DC Comics, you know the word of the month and the summer is convergence. So I have uh, started picking up those titles, and everything's tying in as it, it tends to um, with these things. But um, I would call it – I'll give you an analogy to ex explain my experience right now with convergence. I want you to go into your sock drawer. And if you don't pair them up, I want you to unfold all of your socks, okay? And you lay them there nice and neat, and you can see all your socks, your work socks, your workout socks, your lazy Sunday socks. And I want you to take those socks and take both your hands in that drawer, and I want you to take it and then throw them all up in the air. <laughs> and then I want you to put on the first two pair that land on your head. And if they match, God bless you, you, you you've won. <laughs> right now, Convergence is a bunch of mismatched socks. Right now I'm wearing a, uh, a high knee-high basketball sock on one side, and then I'm wearing a, you know, slipper on the other. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little confusing, mm -hmm. uh, to say the least. And, and I guess, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything for anyone because this is pretty new, and I know some people don't consume their comics weekly. They consume it in big bites. Mm -hmm. like, um, but I, I will just say that, Imagine everything you experienced with Infinite Crisis and 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 Crisis and a little bit maybe a Flashpoint and, and I want you to take all that and I want you to cut up all the words from all those stories and I wanna want you to put it in a box and I want you to take an autistic monkey and put him in the box and he's gonna pick out a bunch of words and then after you autocorrect for grammar and spelling that's the story. So. Wow. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that is complicated. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like um like uh, okay so uh, we've got uh, convergence and it's dealing with the uh, the DC multiverse all the different universes and worlds and everything like that and um, right we've got the upcoming um, secret wars um, or battle worlds with Marvel um, yeah, and yeah. again it's dealing with the multiverses and I feel like. The multiverse, the concept of the multiverse, is both the best and worst thing to happen to comics, because it's the I best agree thing. It's the best thing because they can tell whatever stories they want, no consequences. They can go nuts and tell some really good stuff. Uh, one of my favorite comics, uh, as I've said on this podcast before, is the uh, the Red Sun, the Soviet Superman. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love that. That's amazing. Um, right. But on the flip side of that, then you have stuff like this. You have convergence, and you have better <laughs> world, and and I don't know, I I don't know how to feel about this upcoming Marvel mashup business that they're going to have. Um, I've I've been reading Avengers for a while, and they've been kind of playing around the edges of this for a long time, and they lost me. Like when they started <laughs> doing the Avengers, like the um. Uh, incursions where the worlds were colliding and everything like that, they lost me. I was like, well, this is, this is, I don't, I'm not into this. I'll just, you know, stop reading for a little while and maybe it'll pass. It's not going to pass. <laughs> it's going to consume everything now. Well, you know, it, it's, it's, I, I think it really, it's a, it's a, it's an entertainment thing right now. It's, it's a phase we've been in for a while and it's unfortunate, but, so taking stuff that you've already done and rehashing it for a modern era. So either putting a more realistic realistic spin on it or 
or you know polishing it up a little bit, making it a little bit more violent, making it a little bit more flashy, and you know, and, and we're seeing it in movies, right? So you see, you know, they're doing it like a Gremlins reboot, aren't they? I mean, they're doing mm-hmm. all kinds of insane <laughs> reboots, Ghostbusters, two movies, not just one. So I mean, we're we're getting this going back to the well thing. And I don't know if it's because we're out of ideas. I don't know if it's because, and I, and I don't believe that by the way, I, I think it's just because it's easy because it's stories that people have fallen in love with and they're aiming at us, us being at the 30 and 40 something generation mm-hmm. and, and taking stories that we love and saying, you know what, we can take what you thought was awesome when you were a kid and we can make it how you dreamed it was in your imagination. <laughs> and what they're doing is ruining reality right. in a lot of cases. Well, um, I think I, I feel like the big part of the reason they're doing that um, is that because you're right, we're 30 and 40, and this is this is our childhood. Like the the X Men '92 thing that they're bringing back is a really good right. example of this. That's I mean I when I was younger I watched the X Men cartoon constantly, and that was when right. I really was getting into X Men, and now. This isn't necessarily the case in my case, um, but people our age are having kids. We're having this is you know we're having good paying jobs. We control the money, and right. you know, we're the we're the majority of the money going out into pop culture right now. So everything that we loved and enjoyed and cherished from our childhood is back, so we can feed it to our children. And you're right. It's, it's brilliant marketing. It, it, it's brilliant and lazy all at the same time. Yes, because, absolutely. <laughs> because I, I, I guess I kind of get it from movies because technology is so different now than it was 20 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And then some of these stories are 30, 40 years old, really, if you think about it. I mean, Galactus is from what, the 70s, 60s? Something like that, yeah. You know, so I mean, you're taking stories that are really old and you're, you're trying to go back and redo them in different um, media like movies, right? You mm-hmm. couldn't do it before, you can do it now. What I don't understand is why I have Secret Wars coming at me again in 2015 when they haven't really made a whole lot of modifications to paper over the last 40 years. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, why am I getting these stories <laughs> told again in books when it's not, you know, the, I'm not getting, it's, it's not hologram books. Like, it's not popping off the page, mm-hmm. you know? There's not so, a lot of technological advancement there. Right. So what what are you what are you doing for me by retelling these stories? Mm-hmm. Or, and f- even if you're spinning it differently. Well, I feel like the reason that it's called Secret Wars, because they had a Secret Wars and Secret Wars 2, and then they had all these yeah. weird spinoffs and everything like that. I feel like it's called Secret Wars because it's like... I, I This might be wishful thinking, but I'm hoping they're... Rehashing all these stories, um, all these worlds that they've had in the past that were successes, and I want I want to feel like it's a celebration of Marvel history. You know what I mean? Like this is the best that we did. These were our favorite stories, and we're just gonna kind of mash them all together, and then something new is gonna pop out the other side. Like if if DC hadn't had a Final Crisis, Convergence I think would be called Final Crisis. All right. So it's with that logic. I come to your restaurant to eat a steak, and you're grinding it up and giving me sausage. That's correct. Because you used to like steak. And charging me the same amount. Yes. But they're marketing it because it's something different, and it's similar to what you liked. But it's not different. That's the thing, I guess. I I think this leads to a larger point that we were talking about before the show, and that 
you know, you're getting into image comics and you're getting into some of these, these fringe things. And I think the reason we're getting into it is because we don't get the same story. I mean, uh, fundamentally, if you break this down and you talk to my wife, she'll tell you, right, that there's the five basic storylines. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or is it five? I think it's five. Something Either like way. that, yeah. Yeah. It's you know, the, the Joseph Campbell hero's journey. That's right. The, yeah. yeah, exactly. So you have the basic storylines, but, you know, twist it for us a little bit. Give us heroes we haven't seen before. You know, give us different things. Because it's usually the uh, hero's flawed, and it's the story is their struggle to persevere over evil. Mm-hmm. Or if you flip the script a little bit, you have it. Here's the evil guy who's struggling to be good, and we're going to follow that that way. And the tweener, you know, that, mm-hmm. that whole... The, the dark hero, so to speak. So so we, we have all those things, but then you're coming up with different things because let's face it, we're working with imagination, right? Mm-hmm. So us fanboys have, a, a, I guess you could call it, a, a very active imagination. Everything that's aimed at us is part of the imagination. That's why we're buying toys at 30 years old in comics. We have a very <laughs> active imagination. I, I can't argue with that. I just I just recently found all my Legos and set up my minifigs uh, right next to my computer. So exactly, you know, the the, the mouth sounds may change, but the the assembly stays the same. <laughs> so so uh, you know they're aiming at imagination. So my, I guess my problem with the main the main folks is they're not doing anything new and innovative lately. It's been done recently, you know, I mean, being the DC guy, and there's Marvel examples, but, you know, Blackest Night is taking heroes that you've never heard of and, and messing with them. Alan Moore was infamous for this. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd take a villain that you thought was nobody, and he would turn him into the baddest man on the planet for a little bit. Um, and I think Jeff Johns really picked up from that angle. I'm like, here's a guy you never thought of. Guess what? We're going to make him the focus point of a big arc. Mm-hmm. And, and, and didn't, those... they re- didn't they recently do that in a, one of the Batman series? Like, it was this big, huge, you know, orchestrated thing to take down the Bat family, and everybody expected it to be, like, Hush or, or the Joker or something like that, and it ended up being this, like, D-list villain or something like that? Yes. I mean, uh, yeah. I can't. I know what you're talking about. I can't. It's escaping me at the moment. I've been mm-hmm. behind on my Batman. You'll have to forgive me. But um, it, Okay. It's we have fun. real lives. Yeah. You know, I work. <laughs> Yeah, um, we have jobs. I, we have to be able to afford these comics somehow. <laughs> exactly, it's not getting cheaper. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean it's been done. I mean look at uh, uh, what was it, uh, Secret Six, the Gil Simone project. I mean that mm-hmm. you could call half of those guys D-list, right? I yeah. mean Catman was not exactly uh, a top-notch hero. Mm-hmm. You know the only good ones you had in there might have been Bane, mm-hmm. and you took them all and you put them together, and here you have uh, you had a very solid book. Yeah. A book that's actually, you know, done well enough that they keep working with it in different angles. And look at Suicide Squad. I mean, you took villains and some D-list villains in some cases and made them formidable. You know, yep. so and that's, they're making a movie. Well, then, that's like in um, I, in Marvel, you took the one of the worst characters in Marvel, arguably, and that's Moon Knight. Yes. And they went to Grant or not Grant, but they went to um, uh, Warren Ellis and said, "Do whatever you want." You have five issues, and right. he, those were the most interesting issues, not just of Moon Knight, but like of comics for a long time. They were great, right? You know, it, it just all depends on the writer. I mean, I've seen uh, there was an arc of Deadpool where it kind of focused on um, it was the Agent X arc, and his, his he was friends with uh, um, oh, what's his name? 
not Deathstroke. He, he's the guy that wears a skeleton. Taskmaster. He was friends with Taskmaster. Yes, yes. That was the only time I've seen Taskmaster be interesting. Right. It's just it, I, I it's all that, in the writer. You and then then that's the thing, and I think that you know we have all these other characters out there that you've mentioned in passing or had you know had a shot at, and, and there's infinite possibilities to still develop new characters while keeping me interested in the focal points. I mean, it happens all the time in all media. I mean, we're not just talking comics. I mean, think what Joss Whedon does. Uh, Buffy. Um, um, Going back for you nerds to television when I loved it, you had Spike, who was supposed to be a throwaway character, turned into a regular season feature because people loved this character, and they built upon him, but the story was still about Buffy. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's how you make interesting media. Yep. In my opinion. Well, uh, we are coming right along here. The conversation is just getting started. Uh, We're going to have a quick word from our sponsor, the Petri family, the family that took time to bring you good wine. And we'll be back with more Bunja, more Panel Riot. Please stick around. You know the kind of job I'd like? No, what's, uh, what's that? I'd like to be the official taster for the Petri family. Boy, just think of all the Petri wine I'd get to taste. Petri to the right of me, Petri to the left of me. What a life. What wine? I wouldn't mind having that job myself. (laughs) You said it. (laughs) The Petri family, you know, really knows how to make good wine. They've been making wine for generations. And because they've always owned and operated their own business ever since it was started way back in the 1800s, well, the Petri family has sure piled up plenty of skill and experience. Yes, they've been handing down in the family from father to son, from father to son, the fine art of turning luscious grapes into delicious wine. That's why you can't go wrong with any Petri wine. It must be good, because Petri took time to bring you good wine. Of course, thank you to the Petri family, the family that took time to bring you good wine, not me good wine, because they won't send me any. They just sent me that one bottle for Christmas, and it was, now I'm addicted, and now they... Anyway, um, we are... Uh, it's Panel Riot. We're talking to Jack Bunja. He's uh, he's returned, and we are... Uh, we're talking comics. We're talking comics. Where do we... We left off about how uh, any character can be interesting in the right hand. Yes. Yes, I'm I'm a firm believer that there's enough solid characters in your pantheon of different, you know, comic book leads, so to speak, Mm -hmm. that you can really build off a lot of these guys. And and they've done different things over the years. I mean, you know, Nova was a throwaway guy, right? Mm -hmm. Until they did the the invasion storyline. And Nova Corps disappeared, and, you know, and that that was a solid... A lot of people didn't like that, and I, I enjoyed it, and I'm not a huge... Nova guy by any means, and sometimes a lot of the space stuff gets lost on me because it can get so complicated, and you're talking about different races and different things. But mm-hmm. they did a good a good job of kind of throwing that theme throughout it. But mm-hmm. I love I love the um, I love the annihilation storyline. I think that's the yes. one you're talking yes. about. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And when they announced Guardians of the Galaxy, and they said like Dave Batista is going to play Drax, I got so excited because Drax is just incredible in the Annihilation storyline. Like, he goes toe-to-toe with Thanos and everything. 
Uh, speaking of Drax, and, and to tie in, I know, one of your other great loves, did you see that CM Punk is writing some Drax books? I did see that. I saw that uh, uh, that he's he's the it's the first time Drax has had an ongoing series. Uh, CM Punk is going to yeah. be writing it because apparently yes. uh, he made a good impression when he did the um, the Thor story. Oh well, uh, yeah, and I think it's going to be interesting. I, my prediction is that he's going to build him up very slowly. Mm-hmm. You're going to have Drax come out, and he's going to you know just just go right beyond that page break that fourth wall and talk right to the reader and tell him why he's awesome you get <laughs> get booked really well in some galactic storylines and then then after a while you know Drax is going to going to get placed and booked and he's going to win and he's going to beat the Galactus and he's going to be the king of the universe <laughs> he's going to get all his stones uh infinity stones and you know he's going to have it all and then he's going to turn around and marry Gamora mm-hmm. and then she's going to have it all and then eventually, you know, his bi-weekly series is going to get, you know, a little too much, a little bit too heavy, and then he's going to probably, you know, quit and go over to DC. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to cross him over with Iron Man too much and yeah, make, yeah. Iron, make Iron Man look strong. Yeah, exactly. And it's not going to be any rhythm. It's going to be like in, you know, issue six of a 12-book series, and he's going to go over to DC, <laughs> and when he's over at DC, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to, talk a good game and he's going to do some social media and he's going to really be pissed off if you come and approach him at a convention. I mean, he's going to be out there. Mm-hmm. He's going to be at a booth, but you're not allowed to go to the booth. <laughs> so he's going to be there and he's going to talk about it and he's going to train and he's going to, he's going to show you this book he's writing and all the elements of it and words and stuff and you're never going to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're going to charge you $50 for the book and then, you know... He's going to do a probably... one-shot with his friend from Top Cow. Yeah, and you're going to get three pages in, and it's just going to be blank after that. <laughs> this, is some, this is some heavy, heavy <laughs> jokes for wrestling fans. <laughs> it's okay. I think all my listeners are actually wrestling fans as well. So. <laughs> it fits. No, I, I digress. I got that off my chest because I can't join uh, the folks at wrestling mayhem show often enough. So. It's it's a frustrating it's a frustrating time <laughs> for everyone. But I, I you know I was thinking about that. I, I was actually thinking about something similar to that in that okay, so he's going to start writing this ongoing Drax series, right? Uh, right. he's fighting UFC now and uh, if anything we've seen that UFC fighters have a very short shelf life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when yeah. I when I was watching UFC, Randy Couture was one of the biggest names in the business, and now nobody knows who that is. <laughs> so what is Marvel gonna do when CM Punk is no longer a known quantity? Uh, well, you gotta. Here's the thing. So let's 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 go away from let, let's let's. Let's own ourselves right out. We'll, we'll grab your prayer beads. We'll let go of our little bit of angst. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll we'll stop being KFAP. Let's say let's say he's a good writer. Okay. All right. The problem I have sometimes, they find these good writers and they're non-traditional good writers, and it's hard to get them to come back. Mm-hmm. So so in comics, there's a few Hulk Hogan's of comics that everybody goes crazy when they say they're going to write a series. Okay. And they come in and they write a couple issues and then they go away. And 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 one of my favorite writers and I know my wife's favorite writers, Don, is Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. And he will come in and tease us and do like a two issue Batman and do Sandman for six issues and then he goes away, mm-hmm. which is fine for movies. 
it sucks for the rest of us who are buying these books every other week, and you give me Neil Gaiman, and you give me great ideas, and then either the great ideas that come up with don't become canon, mm -hmm. or you go from Neil Gaiman straight to, you know... D-list guy. D-list guy. I mean, below D-list guy, because they've made enough money, and you're going to pick up that series and go, only to realize that it's a stick figure. And you know, and Thor's hammer looks like a giant pencil. Like right. it's not the same stuff. That's and, that's. I mean, that's. I mean, I was just talking about that with Warren Ellis. That is precisely what happened with Moon Knight. He did like five or eight issues that were incredible, and then right. it just terrible. You know. Right. And that's I mean, that's what he does. He's short runs. And and short run guys are fine, except for. But if you're gonna do short runs, I think, in my opinion, some of these comics need long-standing, sustained guys. Um, you need folks that can get on a series and let it run with it. Like Gail Simone wants to run with the series, and they keep cutting her short. So, so it's frustrating. Right, and so let her run with it. That's her wheelhouse. She doesn't want to come in and do three issue arcs. She wants to come in and do. Let me do a run for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, let me build something, and then let somebody else come in and build on it some more. Um, and I think that you have those folks. But if Warren Ellis is going to do stuff, let's let him do graphic novels. I think uh, one of the uh, Things that they started with DC, but they didn't seem to pick up with it, was the um, Earth One Superman. If you remember those shorts, Straczynski did them. It was kind of yeah. one-offs. It was. Uh, I do remember was, those. Those were great. They were great. That's what he's good at. So let him take a character and let him twist it just a little bit. You don't have to give me multiverses and tons of multiverses. Just give me graphic novels that are twisted just a little bit. You can tell an origin story in a graphic novel that's maybe kind of interesting. You know, and, and some of this stuff could lead to other pieces of media. Um, and, and, and that's the thing about twisting things. I, I don't mind when you twist things, but what I hate is when you have conflicting things. You know, I, I like consistency. Mm -hmm. So... One of the things that's bothering me right now, and we're gonna, I'm gonna switch it up just a little bit from comics to comic book related things, and talk about TV. Okay. That's um, fair. So I TV, am... TV is it's so integrated with comics now that I mean, when you go to when you go to comic conventions, you know, if if somebody from the TV isn't there, it seems out of place. You know what I mean? Exactly. So the shows that I'm watching right now, I, I've been watching Gotham, and I'm enjoying Gotham. And that's a twist, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's stuff we haven't seen before. And it's good because I would not I did not buy or care to buy year one super, year one Batman. Because in my comics, I don't care where Batman came from. Right. I know where Batman came from. Mm -hmm. His first year, I don't need to see startup Batman. Yeah. You know? Batman is the Spider Man of DC. Because right. I mean, we know that origin story like the back of our hands. There's no reason to keep telling it. Exactly, and the first year when he's not so good at what he does, mm -hmm. why do I want to see Batman not so good? Mm -hmm. You watch Batman for one-liners and saving the day out of you know the worst odds, not for getting beat up first couple times until he gets it right. Um, so Gotham's good from that standpoint because it's a television show that isn't about Batman, mm -hmm. but it's about Batman. So it's 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 interesting. Uh, the one I'm really digging right now is the Flash, and the reason I'm really digging the Flash is because it's it's sticking very closely with the storylines. Mm -hmm. um, you're getting villains. You're introducing them a little bit different, so you're calling the metahuman effect being caused by a scientific 
accident. It's fine. If Scarlet Witch and, and Quicksilver can be inhumans, all the metahumans in DC can be caused by an explosion. I can live with it. Yeah. yeah. But you're giving me things I never thought I'd see live. You're giving me Grodd. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I, can't, I can't believe... I, I, I think I've talked about this a little bit on the show before, but I love The Flash. The Flash is the only current comic book TV series that I'm into. Right. And I can't believe they've been teasing Grodd since the first episode. Yes. It's amazing. And that's, and that's because, I mean, and not a casual comic fan maybe doesn't even realize who he is unless they watch the cartoon in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Or the or the Justice League and you know the the other reboots on Cartoon Network. Right. Yeah. But I mean, you wouldn't know who Grodd is. Grodd it was in the comics, but it wasn't you know he's not the one everybody knows of. Flash has such an interesting um, villain like uh, storylines because he actually has a rogues gallery, right? Yeah. Like you never hear anybody else call their villains rogues. <laughs> and that's a bunch of different villains because he has such a variety of them and they all are solid. You know what I mean? So, you know, Superman and Batman, they have the Joker, right? But when he's fighting Toy Man, eh. Yeah. <laughs> he's not taking him seriously. Right. And neither are we, right? Right. Yeah. So, so when you look at that, you have all these villains that are made to kind of beat the Flash and he can't beat them the same way every time. Mm-hmm. Because of the Flash's superpower is just speed. And I guess being smart, even though on the TV show they're not making him as smart as what I always felt he was in the comics. Right. I, I feel like they had to they had to kind of bring him down a little bit so they could add the sidekicks, like the science team. Well, and the sidekicks are a different thing for a different show, talking about copyright and how they're kind of screwing over inventors and things like that. Um, with uh, Killer Frost. Well, she's not Killer Frost yet, but Snow. Um, because Ooh, she what? was created... The Catelyn Snow character oh, is I, I mean, going to become... I missed, I missed. I totally missed this. Okay. Uh, well, I'll give you a little bit. It's, it's a different sidebar. <laughs> no, go ahead. So Catelyn, <laughs> Catelyn Snow was invented for the show. In comics, there was never a Catelyn Snow that was invented by anybody. There mm-hmm. was, however, a Killer Frost. Right, I do. I remember her from the uh, from the animated series. Right, and somebody invented Killer Frost. Well, she's going to become Killer Frost, but nobody is getting credit or rights to that who invented Killer Frost. I can't remember the artist's or the the writer's name, but because they call her Catelyn Snow and they're not going to call her Killer Frost, they don't have to pay any royalties. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's trouble. Yeah. Meanwhile, the other guy is uh, I can't remember his name now. Uh, Cisco. Cisco, yeah, is vibe. Oh, see, I didn't knowledge. I didn't know this stuff because I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I like the Flash, but I am not. Um, I haven't read a lot of Flash comics, so as a result, I'm less familiar with these characters. So I didn't know that well, that vibe, was coming down the pike. Vibe, I really wouldn't count as like a Flash guy, mm-hmm. like in the comics. He's he's kind of one of those. He came back around during the Flashpoint kind of area, like that that whole, um, or it wasn't Flashpoint, it was from Justice League, actually, when Darkseid invaded and he got caught in a boom tube, mm-hmm. and it put him in between trance, it caught him 
his vibra his power is vibrations and frequencies and dimensional <laughs> things. So that's his power, and he got it by being caught in a boom tube. And it was a, a his costume was really bad. <laughs> so think of early '70s Nightwing and, and make it just a little bit more flamboyant. Okay. So uh, that was his costume. So it was really bad. Now Killer Frost, however, has been kind of mixed in with different. I guess she was a, she happened to be a, a Flash villain, but I also think she was a Wonder Woman too at the time. But mm -hmm. she's been in different things. But she's always kind of been a like a Tigress kind of character. You know what I mean? Like she's sure fine, but no one takes her seriously. Right. Yeah. And she was a lot with. Um, she kind of goes hand in hand with. Um, oh. I can't think of his name now. Um, no, Firestorm. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a pair. In real life, there's a pair. But mm -hmm. now they got away with paying the artist by calling her a different name. That's sneaky. It is sneaky. And yeah. DC was actually one of the first comics to ever give rights to the folks uh, who invented characters, mm -hmm. which is why George Perez still makes royalties because he invented the Teen Titans. Interesting. He's actually one of the wealthier, better off comic book artists, and he created folks that you wouldn't consider to be top tier by any means, but they had more cartoons made about the Teen Titans and books made and used mm -hmm. in different media, and he gets royalties from that because they gave the inventors rights. Yeah, people are uh, crazy about the, the um, Teen Titans cartoons and everything like that. Exactly. See, I went from, I went from a sock analogy to dropping some knowledge. Right. <laughs> Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Killer Frost in the DC animated universe, she was she her she was a Batman villain, right? She was in the animated I so. series. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And then they just kind of added her into the whole collection later on. And, and that's you know, something I'd like. You know, adding things in and twisting things a little bit is bothering me on one specific show, which I will tell everyone after the break. Ha -ha. Nice. Throw yeah. into the break. <laughs> Throw into the break. It's true, folks. We do have to take another break, have a quick word from our sponsors, and we will be back with more Jack Bunja, more of me, Intern Stan, Panel Riot, and uh, whatever else we feel like talking about. Stick around. Let's talk tech. Tech news discussions from the people in the industry right here in Pittsburgh. Online, gadgets, startups, and more. Check it out at awesomecast.net. Hi everyone. Do you like video games? Do you like reading about video games? Do you like listening to podcasts about video games? Why don't you check out insertcointobegin.com? New articles going up daily, and you can check out our podcast, Boss Battle, on sortatronmedia.com. Do you like professional wrestling? Want your discussions? No holds barred. Check out wrestlingmayhemshow.com for all the wrestling podcast flavor you can handle. Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Those podcasts sound so good, and the reason for that is because they are. Sorgatron Media produces the finest in internet podcasts. Go and check them out at your earliest convenience. We are talking with Jack Bunja here on Panel Riot this week, and uh, we left off on a cliffhanger. Yes, yes, we did. Uh, I was talking a little bit before about television media and, and, and you know we got off onto a, a, a tangent about creators rights but I want to bring that back a little bit how much we love the flash because it's so in tune with what you read in the comic books but they've twisted it a little bit made it for TV and we're getting to see things we've never seen before mm -hmm. with um, with uh, 
Gorilla Grodd. But you know what isn't in the Flash? What's that? Brainiac. True. And the reason I say that is because you know what Brainiac is not a flash, not a Flash villain. Did Flash fight Brainiac in some giant crossover? Sure, he did. Yes. You know, it happens, but Brainiac's not there. You know who doesn't care who they use? The Arrow. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to go off about the Arrow right now. Everybody loves Arrow. Do you mm-hmm. know why they love Arrow? Wait, wait. Before I have one thing to say about Arrow, hmm. um, and it's the reason that Flash is better, okay. is because, uh, or at least in my opinion, I enjoy watching the Flash because he seems to be genuinely enjoying himself. Yes. There's a joy in what he's doing, and there's yes. a, a, you know, he, he's doing the right thing, and he's happy he's doing the right thing. Meanwhile, Arrow, uh, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile Oliver Queen always looked like he has to poop. Exactly, exactly. During that whole crossover episode, it was never, that's when it hit home for me. Uh, when I watched the crossover episode, and I was like, oh, this guy's angry all the time for really not a lot of good reasons. He survived off of a stranded island. He was an assassin and lived. Why is he so mad? Yeah, all the time angry. And, and, and Okay, you know what he's also not? He's not Batman. Yes. Now, uh, uh, let me drop a little knowledge before I go off. <laughs> Did you know that the Arrow was originally a Batman knockoff? Like in the originally. comics? Yeah, well, well, originally the Arrow was created for a comic, I believe it was called More Fun Comics. Mm-hmm. Before it was bought by DC, and he was essentially a poor man's Batman. Because in those comics, he had a sidekick. He had an Arrow cave. He had an Arrow car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he had all of the accoutrement that uh, Batman did. Mm-hmm. But he, you know, wasn't Batman. So when they were acquired by DC, all of a sudden you have two Batmans. Right. One that has a bow and arrow and a tunic and then the Dark Knight. So mm-hmm. what do you do with Green Arrow, right? So they tied them, they tied them up and they did a lot of World's Finest. And uh, He usually was in team-ups. Mm-hmm. You know, they tried to do his independent series, but he was always kind of working with somebody else. Mm-hmm. So if you have a television show and you used to be Batman, you know what you shouldn't do? Give all of Batman's villains to him. Right. Why is he facing Raj Agul? Yeah. Yeah, that, that storyline was uh, upsetting because that's not an Arrow storyline. That's a Batman storyline. And it's still going on. Yeah. And that's the thing. And also, Talia is a lesbian. And in love with Black Canary before she died. Hmm. I don't, I'm not even giving you spoiler alerts. I'm not spoiling anything. I'm saving you. Well, it was a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah, last season. Yeah. But still. I mean, come on. Why? 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 <laughs> technically, right? technically, Black Canary died. There's already another one, right? Right. It's the second Black Canary. Right. So you got I rid haven't... of the good Black Canary, and you gave me reject Black Canary. Right. I haven't I haven't been watching the show. I will read a recap occasionally because I can't I can't it's like it's like watching TNA wrestling for me. Um which <laughs> there are if there are any non-wrestling fans out there, um TNA total it stands for total non-stop action wrestling and it is unwatchable. Yes. And, and you're about the, to have the, the the smashing pumpkin effect. 
That you know, okay, that's that's a that's a different conversation. That I'm, <laughs> that actually makes me I'm kind of interested and want to check it out. But that's a whole that's a different podcast. I gotcha. I, I, um, I understand. But yes, you're right. It, it is because it's a poor man's version and taking things that you know you like, mm-hmm. but making you kind of not like them. Mm-hmm. It's like really loving fruit, and then somebody puts a bowl of wax fruit in front of you and doesn't tell you it's wax until you bite <laughs> one. Like it's it's not. It, it's frustrating. Because I am stuck watching the Arrow, and I'm stuck watching Batman stories that I love to see Batman do in a live action or a movie. Mm-hmm. And instead of that, I have the Arrow coming in, and you know, and then you have his IT genius that, for all extents, intents and purposes, is Oracle. So it's yes. not Oracle. Yep. So I'm going to call the people in the show now Bizarro Canary and Bizarro Oracle. <laughs> and you know what? Oracle is annoying. Bizarro is, Oracle or Bizarro Oracle? Are you is talking annoying. about? Nah, she's well, she's so annoying. She whines all the time. Oh, Oliver, I can't believe you're doing this. I'm not going to help anymore. <laughs> oh, Oliver, I love you. Never mind. I was hooking up with the Adam who used to be Superman. No, mm-hmm. I want to go for the scarred up poopy face guy. Really, <laughs> really, really. <laughs> Felicity oh. has Felicity has quite the fan following, and it's it's likely that you're going to get some uh, some flack on the Facebook page for that one. <laughs> I don't care. Fine. <laughs> you think she's hot? Her character's awful. I'm going to pretend to be strong. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to drug Oliver after I sleep with him in order to sneak him out of Raj's castle. Spoiler alert! That was the last episode. She can't carry him. <laughs> Wait, she slept with him. Yeah, they slept together. Oh, jeez. Yeah. You know why? Because every fanboy wanted to see Felicity's bra come off. No, that's the, no. the reason is because Oliver has to sleep with every woman on that series. Fine. You know what? That's he the has... only thing they got right, right? Because Oliver Queen in the comics was a philanderer. That's true. That's very true. But well, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't sleep with uh, River Song when she was on there temporarily. I would have. Why yes. are you sleeping with the nerdy, whiny girl? <laughs> you could have had her at any point in time. I really, I'm hoping for like in the next couple of seasons they turn a corner and he just starts sleeping with the guys too, and he finally hooks up with Diggle and just the entire like section of the internet is like, finally, <laughs> we've been waiting for this. You know, I mean, it's it's not that like would make he's... me watch the show again. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just, I, I, I mean. If you're going to give me an Oracle character, you know, and you're just going to blatantly make her Oracle, mm-hmm. you know what made me almost punch my television? When they did a flashback Felicity episode to college and she was emo? Mm. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. So the emo girl became hot later. So remember that, kids? The dark girl that's practicing witchcraft in a dorm room today could be your super hot nerd of tomorrow. Oh, boy. <laughs> Polish your pentagrams. <laughs> Seriously. I feel like part of the problem, uh, and the reason why they're doing these stories with Arrow and not Batman, is because Batman, it's just a weird problem to have, but Batman made too much money, right? Right, right. So they, he's become this, like, visually, he's this uh, built-up property again, and they can't take any risks with him, you know what I mean? Um, they have to, like dissect and be so very careful with everything they put out there with a visual live action Batman because Christopher Nolan made them a boatload of money. Um, 
But on the flip side, with Arrow, if a storyline bombs, they can just do a ne- another one next week. You know what I mean? I mean, you're right. You're the risk, right. The, the stakes are lower. And and, and you know what? If they would have went the, the whole... The cartoon Arrow is the one I guess I associate with more than anything. So Me too. League. That's my favorite one. Because he was kind of a, a flippant jackass. Mm-hmm. But he was a Democrat. Yeah. Like, that was almost his whole character. I'm I against think, the man. I think he said that in the um, in the first episode of uh, Justice League Unlimited. He's like, I'm just an old liberal who, you know, doesn't understand something or other. Something along those lines. Right. And, I mean, and to me, I don't, I guess they thought they couldn't sell that to tweens. I, I don't. No. No, definitely you know. not. That first season of Arrow was so rough. It was... It was a little superheroing and a bunch of CW, everybody sleeping with each other. Yes, yeah, it was, it was very soap opera mm-hmm. driven. I mean, that's that's the. I mean, if you're gonna have Vampire Diaries follow you, mm-hmm. I guess you have a certain following you have to live up to. Right. And they got this guy, and he's sort of hunky, and oh, he's so he's so charming, and he's so good. You know what he doesn't have? A handlebar goatee. <laughs> I will take him seriously if I turn in next week and he's got a six-inch long orange goatee <laughs> on his face. That, that too, would make me watch the show again. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, and then I want you to go ahead. And, I, and, I, and here's the other thing that bothered me. So you're going to take Speedy and you're going to put him on drugs, but the drugs are going to make him super strong? What yes. happened to just giving the white boy that? That was weird. I was very... Uh... I didn't like that actor in general, if I'm honest. No, because I felt like, I mean, he was going to turn into a werewolf at any minute and go <laughs> off with and join Edward Cullen. Like, it was it was <laughs> not enjoyable. No. So and the weird I, stuff I, with his sister and I just who who cares? And if you're reading, if you read the Red Hood, that version of Speedy in the Red Hood was good. There was a time when um, Speedy was a full-fledged member of the Justice League. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, when he... Be- I was waiting for them to cut off his hand. Yes. Instead... Because they wanted they, to call him Arsenal. Didn't they kill him? No. Nope. No, no, they just cut off his balls. Like, I'm literally? I'm pining after Oliver... No. I'm uh, pining after Oliver's sister. But not really. I oh, thought wow. they, like, killed him or put him in prison or something happened. They put him in prison ago. and then faked his death because, you know. Oh, yes. That old that old gem. That yes. Old chestnut. <laughs> oh, I don't understand why the show does so well. I mean, I guess I should be grateful that the show did well because because that show did well, we got The Flash. True, yeah. And, and it's... Um, uh, the, what's the saying? Like a flood raises all ships. You know what yeah. I mean. So yeah. I mean that is doing well, even though you know it's not great. But what it is is it's a comic book movie, uh, or it's a comic book television series, and that paves the way for other comic television series and good ones. You know, I mean, yeah. even Shield is watchable. Shield is watchable. Shield is watchable. But Shield, I don't know if you read the last interview with Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm who basically said in the movie universe that Agent Coulson is actually still dead. Oh, I did not which, read that. <laughs> which alludes to the fact that this whole S.H.I.E.L.D. thing might be a fever dream. 
Um, like they're gonna Bob Newhart us at some point. Yeah, I've I've hit the point. Uh, now we're recording this on uh, April 29th. Age of Ultron comes out tomorrow evening, right? Yes. And, I, and I've hit the point where I've stopped. I've stopped watching the clips. I've stopped reading the interviews. I've stopped all of it because I don't. Uh, I'm I'm good. I'm. It's not possible for me to get more excited for this movie. Yes, I'm on board 100 percent, uh, and I don't need to see any more, and I don't want to see any more. You know. No, um, I I agree with you. Yeah, so, there, uh, there's a point of diminishing returns, I think, in some of these spoilers. Right, yeah. And and the thing is, like, you know, I'm sure that the things that they're putting out there are going to be fine. They're not going to take away from the experience of seeing the movie, but I'm still not going to look at them because that's more stuff for me to be surprised by. <laughs> but what the, when I realized the line was, was um, there was a clip that was, you know, this is the birth of the vision. And I thought, you know what, that's not going to take away from the movie, but I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to see it on the big screen for the first time. It's going to be great. Right, right, right. The only thing I guess I have kind of a problem with is I feel that they're jammed in humans down our throats. Uh, are you talking about in the comics or uh, on the TV show? Uh, you know what? It's, it's, it's both, actually. So, mm -hmm. uh, so this is the one thing Marvel seems to do, is doing right now, and I don't know if I appreciate it or I'm bothered by it, is <laughs> that they're making both things... Uh, follow each other. like So they're making the comics follow with what they're trying to do in film when they mm -hmm. own the properties. You know, Obviously, what's going on with the X-Men, they, since they don't own it or they don't have the rights to the films right now, mm -hmm. they're whatever. But when it comes to Avengers and it comes to um, some of the stuff they're doing with Inhumans on both the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show and in the movies, they're making the comics sort of follow in. So what they're doing is they've taken the twins, right? And now they're in Inhuman. And they've even alluded to the twins being inhuman in, in the show. Interesting. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but I, I think it's been out there enough. If you're truly a fanboy and watching this, you've heard this is happening already. I think they already did it in the comics anyway. Mm -hmm. But now they're following it up in the, in the TV and the movies. And I don't get what the point is. To me, I, I see more story value in them being Magneto's kids than them being inhumans. Right. And, you know, Scarlet Witch was nothing more than a basket case manic depressive anyway, so I don't really understand how making her inhuman is going to be any better or worse. Right. I'm, I'm curious to see where they're going to go with this. Um, I'm hoping it's not for more nefarious purposes. It, it, it does make sense to set them up as inhumans, um, you know, in the cinematic universe because, you know, they can't say that they're mutants at all. Right. But they don't I, own those. There has only ever been one human, one inhuman that has ever been even marginally interesting to me, and that's Ms. Marvel. The current Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan, is inhuman, and the, granted, that's the least interesting thing about her, but she's the only inhuman that I've ever even marginally cared about. I enjoy me some Black Bolt, mm -hmm. just because, you know, the Whisper, and I, I think the reason I appreciate Black Bolt is from when uh, Planet Hulk... So when we came back to World War Hulk, and Black Bolt was part of the Illuminati. Oh yeah, still yeah. Is. And the Hulk had that line of "I don't want to hear you whisper, I want to hear you scream." Mm -hmm. And they go at each other. But and Vin Diesel can play Black Bolt because Black Bolt can't talk. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'd be into that. He's got the physique for it. Sure. 
So let's take this last couple of minutes of the show to talk about um, something we've been kind of skirting around the edges of, and that is uh, Age of Ultron, Avengers 2. It's finally happening after however many years it's been. I don't know. Um, and uh, I'm, I, as I said, I am. it is impossible for me to be more excited for it. Um, how do you feel about it? I, I Okay, I was the same way. I couldn't have possibly been any more excited. Mm-hmm. And then the Star Wars trailer came out. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh huh. <laughs> so I was really excited, really, really excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when I saw the Star Wars trailer hit, and and you know what I realized, and it's something that I think is more accurate today than ever is we have these epic movies, and we have these Avengers, and we have all this stuff, but. Right now, if you played me the soundtrack from any of these Avengers movies, I wouldn't know it. Mm-hmm. The music is what sent tingles up and down my spine when I heard when Star Wars came. Yep. So William Score, as soon as that hit, I didn't even need to see the uh, the the down Star Destroyer, and I was already you know take my money. There yep, you, go. you were on board. Yeah. You throw it at it. <laughs> not that I'm not more not that I'm not excited for the Avengers because I really am because mm-hmm. this is a story that I think is the perfect build up to Thanos. Oh yeah. Because it's the perfect villain. I think that you know you have a lot of the people are ready because we've had now more terminators than we deserved or actually <laughs> yeah. And so people <laughs> get the concept. <laughs> I'm being abused by the Terminator now, right? <laughs> well, I mean, they're saying that like this this film that's coming out this summer is supposed to kind of turn it around. It's gonna like fix the timeline. It's supposed to be more interesting. John Connor is a Terminator. He's a nanobot Terminator, right? You explain to me how that's different than the Liquid Terminator. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's too little, too late. Like they and, lost. And why their is goodwill. John Connor? And why is John Connor a doughy white dude? <laughs> We've gone from Christian Bale right. to guy that might have male, male pattern baldness, and I'm supposed to be afraid of him as a Terminator? Yeah, but Skynet is... Is gonna... he showing up to kill me or audit me? Sky... <laughs> but Skynet's going to be a person now, and it, it was it's going to be you, the Doctor. You know who Skynet is? It's the Doctor Who. And you know yeah, what? It's... <laughs> Screw that. <laughs> I would be more interested if the doctor showed up to fight Terminator. Take That's my true. Money. If he was the actual doctor, yes. Unless there's a blue box involved, I'm out. <laughs> and you know what? That actor looked goofy with his big ears to begin with. Now shave him bald. That's going to work. Thanks. Yeah. I've seen, I, can... The first film he did after Doctor Who, he was bald, and it does not. it's not a good look for him. No, you know, you know what scares me less than a doughy John Connor? Skynet with big ears. Skynet with big ears. <laughs> and British. And British, that's true. Uh, oh no, Skynet! Now everybody has to have tea at noon. Really? <laughs> anyway, ter- we got a Terminator change. Also, right. I'm excited. Okay, I'm excited, yes. and I think uh, uh, the things that bothered me, and I was doing a little research to, in the preparation for. I knew this would come up today. So there's only one little thing that is kind of concerning to me, but it's more from a, 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 a maybe the devil's in the details for us fanboys. 
Mm-hmm. So for oh, the that, Infinity Stones, you have, that is the most true thing that anyone has ever said. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, so, so my problem is, I think confusing the stones. Okay. Because we've got we've established that um, the Tesseract is the space stone, correct? Um, I think. I believe. Yeah, I, I was I on the wiki. The if if the Marvel wiki is canonical, I can't say that word. No, it's canonical. You got it. Canonical. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If if the the Marvel wiki is that is canonical, then the Tesseract is the space stone. Mm-hmm. But why were they using the space stone to power weapons? Right. I think I think I remember hearing something about this as a. Um... Uh, as a uh, like a fan theory that I think I might have heard it on the Nerdist actually that um, it is drawing power from a power source on the opposite end of the universe, and that's what is flowing through that to power the weapons. So it's getting power through the transporter. So basically, they went all Stargate on us. Kinda, yeah. If they, if it turns out if that turns out to be the case, which is fine. All right. Mm-hmm. Neither here nor there. But then they don't use the power stone to power weapons. You mean the uh, the the stone from the guardians? Right. Yeah. 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 But that, yeah, that one's definitely the power stone because it you know wipes out planets and you know the right. celestial had it and everything like that. Right. And that's the power stone. But then the area uh, I can't Anwar or Ariar or whatever was from Thor two. That liquid stuff that got into Jane Foster and oh, don't yeah. get me started on Jane Foster. Yeah. I don't remember what that was called. Uh, but it, what that was is supposedly one of the stones. They just haven't identified which one yet. Right. And apparently Loki's staff is one of the stones. And Loki's staff is the mind gem. That's it, yeah. Yeah. But I don't, you know, I guess what's the difference between the mind gem and the reality gem? I don't know. If reality is perceived in the mind. Full disclosure: the only time I—that's that's good stuff. That's very deep. Uh, <laughs> uh, the only time that I uh, really got into the stones was I read. I did read the Infinity Gauntlet, like the original series. That was a while ago, though. And yeah. there was an arc on New Avengers where they dealt with the Infinity Gauntlet. And actually, there I think it was Parker Robbins. Was he the Hood or the Red Hood or something like that? He was gathering the stones for reasons that I don't remember. But um, I was never clear on all that. Yeah, well, the stones... You know, the the thing that the movies have kept true is they're from a universe past and they're singularities and they embody these certain elements, right? Mm -hmm. And so the Power Stone is power. Space Stone is teleportation. The Mind Stone is the ability to manipulate the minds and control others, which is what Loki used the staff for in the last movie. Mm-hmm. I guess he doesn't need the staff to create false realities because he could create hallucinations, right? Right, yeah, that's that's his just Loki powers. Right, so there's the Reality Stone that's still out there. There's the Soul Gem, which, eventually, which I guess can steal your soul because, you know, why not? And I'm guessing that shows up if I was going to bet, it's probably going to show up in the Doctor Strange movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, or, definitely. Yeah, I mean, that would be the one that goes there. Mm-hmm. And I, I and then I think there's another one. What's the last one? Um, Soul, power, space. Hold on, I got um, it up here. Soul, power, space, mind, time, and reality. 
time and reality. So the time gen is the last one, and time they can really use anywhere, right? I would think time gem would make the most sense for me in the cat movie. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Just, you know, man out of time sort of fits. Yeah. So I, but, it's fine, but I don't understand if some of these have they're, – they're mixing the powers a little bit more, which I think might be hard for an audience to follow. Mm-hmm. Other than when they all come together, it's bad news. Yes, very bad news because you have you've got all the gems and then you have to also introduce the gauntlet because the gauntlet is a separate artifact that is what brings the gems together and uh, it, it, it's it's really com- I, I give them credit to being able to try to pull it off, mm-hmm. but it, it is complicated. I mean, the plot device is not simple, mm-hmm. and sometimes in a movie you need the plot device to simple to be simple in order to tell complex stories. Right, but that's that's one thing that Marvel's always been good at, and I feel like that is their big strength in the cinematic universe is because it is a universe. All these characters interact with each other, they show up in other, each other's movies, which and it's so well-woven and tightly knit and right. hasn't been done to this level before that everybody's, and, and you know, Avengers also made a just a huge amount of money that everyone's right. kind of scrambling to catch up. That's why in Batman Superman you have the rest of the Justice League. Yes, you're right, you're right. I, I mean, it's it's because people are able to buy into these characters, I think, individually. And, the, and I think if Iron Man wouldn't have been the out-of-the-box success that it was, we wouldn't be here, right? Absolutely, yeah, no question. And, I, and nobody really would consider Iron Man a top-tier hero when you're thinking Marvel. No, no, right that's, the that's the thing that blew me away because I was never interested in Iron Man. And then the movie happened, and suddenly uh, it's even the Avengers, you know what I mean? For the longest yeah. time, Marvel was X Men, period. Right, right. Well, that's and, because they played off of the Wolverine. Right, yeah. Wolverine and Spider Man were their two big properties, and that's why right. we had X Men and Spider Man movies before we even came close to right. Avengers. For a, for a long time for Marvel, Wolverine was the Dwayne Johnson of comics. Yeah. If you want to save your if you want to save your comic, we'll have Wolverine show up. Yep. Now that being said, uh the arc on New Avengers where he joined the Avengers, that's mm-hmm. I, I love that arc. It was written by Brian Michael Bendis. That's some of my favorite stuff. Um and and I I I really I admire Marvel's uh, approach to well the whole universe is going to go bonkers anyway so let's kill Wolverine and just write stories without him for a while just explore that space where he doesn't exist. Yeah, I guess I I I guess I felt as an adult it was more of a marketing ploy. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we can see no. through this stuff now. But yeah, as a kid, you know, you might be buying it a little bit, but as an adult, you're seeing through it. And we were through. We went through the death of Superman. Yeah. Right. So we know what is going to happen. So it's mm-hmm. not really a surprise. But yeah, I agree with you. I, I, what actually gives me hope for all of these things, um, and for universes, since we're talking universes as a whole, mm-hmm. and so for Ultron and all these movies and Civil War. I'm actually more interested in seeing Civil War than I am the Infinity Stones. And oh, yes. Because I, I think there's a lot more fascinating stories to be told there. Mm-hmm. But um, what gives me hope is the fact that Marvel reached out to and, and struck a deal. And now we have Spider-Man coming. Yep. And so to be able to do that, to me, shows that they care about the integrity of some of their stories. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, granted, it's all about money. Everything comes down to money. I don't care what it is. It comes down to money at some point. But I think you wouldn't even try to strike that deal for that money if you didn't care. Exactly. And and truly good stories are what is what will make you the money. You know? Right. Now, the, the sad part is I think that we're going to – Black Panther is going to suffer. So we're not going to get, I think, as much Black Panther as we would have gotten with no Spider-Man because – I, if you read the rumors and the, and the conjecture was that the role of Spider-Man in Civil War is going to be played by Black Panther. Uh, I see. So, so now really that you difficult, don't. Though. It would be, but it wouldn't be. I mean, you got a guy in tights coming out and siding mm. with the Registration Act and revealing who he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be anybody. Here's the flip side of that argument, though, with the whole Civil War thing, because we know the Civil War story, you know, it's Tony and Cap, and Spider-Man's caught in between and everything like that, Right. but in the comics version, version of Age of Ultron, um, Luke Cage gets shot in the head, um, mm-hmm. or no, he doesn't. Luke Cage dies of radiation poisoning. She-Hulk Luke Cage gets shot dies. in the head, right? Luke Cage is like the Flash. And the whole thing is resolved by a time-traveling Sue Storm and Wolverine uh, killing and then talking to, uh, what's his name? Ant-Man. Pym. Hank yeah, Pym, Pym, yeah. That's how that works. And I don't think any of that is going to happen in the movie. Well, so no. I think, I think Civil War, they might, they might have a bit of wiggle room, you know what I mean? They do, they do, and I think that 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 stuff is it's tough because you didn't give us Ant Man as early if you were going to go that route anyway. Right. And also, you made Ant Man a hundred years old. Right. Yeah, that's. I, I mean, Hank Pym anyway. So you're, mm-hmm. and then you're giving me Paul Rudd. So I'm gonna hold off judgment until I see it. But yeah. Yeah. You know. I, I feel like a, a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people are predicting that this is going to be Marvel's first flop. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that's less based on the trailer and reality and more based on, you know, everyone's like, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. Is this going to be it? It's going to happen. Because <laughs> they were saying <laughs> the same thing about Guardians of the Galaxy. Right, but I think you have different... I mean, we were not oversaturated with uh, Chris Pratt yet. Because I think a lot of people didn't realize the movies he was in. So we didn't realize that he was in Moneyball. You didn't realize necessarily he was in... Um, Five-year engagement. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was the other one about them finding and killing Osama bin Laden? Oh, Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, Zero Dark Thirty. I mean, yeah. you didn't realize he was in that because mm-hmm. he played such different characters and they were subtle characters. Mm-hmm. And so we got our first real taste of Chris Pratt, and now we're going to get oversaturated because making mutant dinosaurs seems like a great idea. <laughs> but... Um, uh, but I think that he helped drive that movie, mm-hmm. and, and so that's what makes it a success because people could have fun. Um, you have to have fun in a movie, and I think that they're hoping that Paul Rudd will make us have fun. Right. Problem is, I don't remember the last time Paul Rudd was funny. How dare you? Paul <laughs> Rudd is a national treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Rudd, Paul Reiser, I don't care. <laughs> I love Paul Reiser. No, we're not... <laughs> Nope. No, but you know, nope. so the whole I, episode is off. You know, <laughs> Paul Reiser on Panel Riot. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I didn't realize in Paul Reiser's fan club, there are five of us, and we're very <laughs> rabid. <laughs> very radical, very rabid. 
<laughs> anyway, go on, go on, go on. I think that I think that you've done. I don't think you needed. I possibly more believable characters to drive that movie. Mm-hmm. And I'll, you know, like I'll tie it into like the Adam, what they're doing on the Flash or Arrow or both, right? Because he's mm-hmm. kind of in both worlds. You gave me a guy that used to play Superman. He's statuesque, but he plays awkward scientist really well. Right. But you look at him and you believe that he's worked out a lot and he's committed, and if he punched you, it would hurt. Right, yeah. Um, and Paul Reiser would – or not Paul Reiser. Look at what you started. <laughs> Paul Rudd would only be dangerous if he was drunk and the moil at a brisk. <laughs> so <laughs> – just because you didn't have enough Jewish humor on a battle riot, I'm, I'm contributing. Right, right. <laughs> so, so, so I don't believe that he's going to come in and save the day. I guess is my point. Yeah. You know, and and it's most certainly not going to be a an, an 80 year old guy that used to be on Wall Street. Yes. Right. I, f- I feel like the reason that they went that route is because they went with um, star power. Uh, yes, but what was uh, I can't remember his name right now. Robert Redford in uh, Winter Soldier, and that went well, that went really well. So they were like, well, let's bring in another veteran actor to anchor it, and Tommy Lee Jones for that matter. Right, but I mean, look at what Tommy Lee did. Mm-hmm. I mean, he drove a car. Right. He was a he was a you know. So I guess now you're going to make Hank Pym, Pym just be a guy that's you know, invent something. But, like, part of the Hank Pin tragedy is he's trying to be so neutral mm-hmm. and a hero and working closely with Tony Stark to the point he didn't want anyone to die, so he invented Ultron. Right. You know, he wanted nonviolence, so he went artificial intelligence, so nobody had to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. And then take away from the fact he was in an abu- abusive relationship with, uh, can't remember her name now, Jan- Janet Van Dyne. Yeah. 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 So... You know, you're going to not have any of those stories. Mm-hmm. Unless, you know, you take life in the Tate's art, maybe that's what they're going to have and have, you know, Michael Douglas be dating a 20-year-old superhero. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> people will be creeped out and it'll be sufficient. Right, 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 right. But I, I think that you're kind of missed the boat in some of that. And, and I think they went this route, I think, with Iron Man creating Ultron because... I think this is the way you get to do, if you want to do it, the demon in the bottle storyline. Because if you were going to go and start drinking, why would you start drinking? Because you almost destroyed the world. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, if that's what you were going to do, and you're going to have your last Iron Man movie be something that gives him a chance to stretch his legs as an actor, Mm -hmm. do demon in a bottle. Yeah. As opposed to that really... but I don't think allusion to it in in Iron Man two, right? But it's never going to happen because it's a money making property, right? So you have right. this guy going out and hang out in children's hospitals, and it's a Disney property now, and so they're not going to take one of their biggest monkey money makers and make him an alcoholic, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. They're just not. So it's so now they're just going to make him guilt ridden with Ultron, and that's going to be his breaking into civil war, and you know. Mm-hmm. kind of spiraling out of control. Yeah. So the only other thing about Civil War while we're on it, and just to wrap up, is okay. the thing that I don't know if they're going to do, and I will be very remiss if they don't, is the part of Civil War that I found interesting is when they had the Dark Avengers. 
So you oh, had, man. yeah. So you have the, you had um, Harry Osborn as the Iron Patriot. Yeah. Well, that wasn't Civil War. That was um, uh, that was the Dark Reign stuff. That was after Secret Invasion. But wasn't that also tied into Civil War too? Mm-hmm. I thought it all tied together. No, no, that was um, that was after they had the secret invasion thing where everybody was scrolls and Harry Osborn oh, became yeah, a hero, yeah. and then he had his dark reign because he was the head of Shield. Norman, uh, it was Norman Osborn, not Harry. Right, right, right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. And then never it, mind. And then it led up to the siege uh, storyline where all the Avengers came back. Yeah. Okay. So never mind. I I I, I take that back. But you're also not going to get World War Hulk. Yes, which is, which is sad. It's sad, but yet again, I'll go to the Joss Whedon interview where he said the Hulk is a werewolf, and you really can't show him in an entirety being the Hulk for an entire movie. That's true. It loses the allure. That's I, true. I don't believe that, actually. No? No, I think it actually, you can do the werewolf fighting back and forth between Hulk being a personality and Banner being a personality in other movies, and if you have the person, a different personality went out, it allows you to do different things with a character. So if you're mm-hmm. Hulk for an entire movie, he has a different personality. Yeah. Well. You know, and if you go with, the, if they go with what they tried to do before and saying that the Hulk's personality is in direct relation to the circumstances of which he turns into the Hulk, Mm-hmm. Then that's even more fascinating. Mm-hmm. That's how you could get away with Smart Hulk. Right. Yeah. That is interesting. I'm I'm really fascinated. That's that's one thing I can't wait to see where the Hulk is at the end of this movie, because it'll be a big clue as to what they're going to do with him moving forward. Right. Right. And I, I'm not actually not into if the trailers are accurate. Some sort of romance between the Hulk and Black Widow. Right. I don't think that's the case. I think, um, I Which think would be Banner, but not Hulk. But you know what I mean. Right, right, right. Well, I she really has that's... a thing for green. <laughs> I think that's either Scarlet Witch, kind of you know, toying with things from the inside, or, um, I don't know. I have this theory because there's the scene where he's freaking out in the forest and she calms him down, and she like touches his hand, and I feel like the way that the Hulk reacts after that is like he's been drugged. So maybe she's got some kind of, you know, like ability to, you know, apply Uh, a a sedative. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe they're going to have a romance. Mm. I mean, I guess they could have a romance, but what happened to Betty? Um... Yeah, Betty's losing. (laughs) You're Dawn in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what happened to Betty? (laughs) You know... It's just it's 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 interesting, but I don't necessarily know if I think it's it's needed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I think Banner, Banner storylines are always interesting to me because how they play him. If they play him as a as a uh, unwilling hero, if they play him as a guy who's a genius that doesn't think he's respected, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or are you going to play him as you know? Uh, I always found it fascinating what the Hulk was redone by Mark Wade. They talked about him understanding who the Hulk is and offering the Hulk to the Shield if yeah. the Shield gives him an ability to invent things. And I think that's a really good way to go with the movies because it kind of lets you still have the Shield element in it, but they're really high on, mm-hmm. while still giving you Hulk. Well, I think that's how you 
get away with a standalone movie. Hopefully they don't go in the same direction that the comics did, because they were really good for a while, and then Hulk started time traveling. <laughs> oh, that was so bad. That yeah. goes back to what we were saying earlier about you take a really good writer, and then you let him do a six-issue uh, run, mm-hmm. and then we go D-Squad. Yep, exactly. You know, we, we go from pens to crayons, and it doesn't go very well. And you know what? I think that's a good stopping point. That brings us around full circle. Uh, and this, I think this last segment has been as long as the rest of the show. So, <laughs> Which is not a complaint. Which is not a complaint. No, uh, no, no. And, and I, I enjoy talking about these things. And I think talking the movies, since it's coming out in, tomorrow, it's, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to be in line to see him because it comes out after midnight and I unfortunately have a curfew of 10 p.m. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to see it at 8 o'clock, my friend. <laughs> Only if bed. it's open. I have to be home and in bed by 10. Right. <laughs> Baltimore curfew. Yep, that's true. That's very true. So. Yeah, I didn't consider that. Uh, anyway. So, Jack, thank you so much for being on the show again. Uh, if uh, if people want more, if people want more, Jack Bonjo, where is more available? <sighs> well, first I accept bribes. Okay. <laughs> No, I, you know, I'm available at Jackson Lewis on Twitter, which I'm not okay. on Twitter admittedly as much as I should be. And I also have a, a blog, um, which I haven't updated in a while, but maybe this will spur me to do so if people are interested. And, and that is bungajumping. at Blogger. So you can so check me out. Blogspot.com, I think. Blogspot, yes, blogspot.com. Okay. So jumping. It, it is also a, a, a clever play on words. So. Right. There you go. Well, folks, uh, before we leave you this week, I have some exciting news. If you would like more Panel Riot, more is available. Just head on over to panelriot.com and click on the link that says Most Recent Episode. From there, you can play that week's episode of Panel Riot right in your browser. Easy peasy, allergy sneezy. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Panel Riot. I'm at DJ Lunchbox. And you can even follow Internet Sensation Intern Stan at intern stan the show is currently available on stitcher smart radio spreaker iHeartRadio, and of course itunes incidentally if you could take a moment out of your busy schedule leave us a rating on itunes leave a comment rate us high that's what gets us out there that's what gets us high on the charts and i would greatly appreciate it bless you don i want to know <laughs> what you think of the show send us an email panelriot at gmail.com tell me what you're reading uh, what you're going to read after this podcast, what you think of Convergence, what you think of Age of Ultron. I want to know. Thanks for listening. Messy your sock drawers. <laughs> Thanks for listening, True Believers. <laughs> Until next week, when hopefully I will have thought up a catchphrase. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. Hey guys, Lunchbox here. One thing that we forgot to mention on the show is that this Saturday is free comic book day. I highly encourage you to go and find your local comic shop, get some free comics, and get some for money comics. Support your local community, and they will support you. Have fun.